Hi, it's Bob from Royal Spa. Soaking in a hot tub full of Epsom salts is the absolute best way to minimize everyday aches and pains. And we know all about Epsom salts at Royal Spa. Royal Spa hot tubs are the only hot tubs on the market that can safely and effectively use Epsom salts. Made right here in Indiana, Royal Spa hot tubs are the highest quality hot tubs on the market. Visit any one of our three Indianapolis locations or visit royalspa.com. Ah, Royal Spa. Hammer and Nigel. Can you believe these characters are weirdos? So let's rock! My name is Nigel. In for Hammer One, Mr. Jerry Lopez at Indie Spanglish on X. Jerry, how are you? Doing great, doing great. How are you doing today, Nigel? The House. Oh, I'm so excited. I'm overjoyed because uh, last night the House voted to, to start the impeachment inquiry into President Biden. Republicans believe then-Vice President Biden was involved with his son Hunter's foreign business dealings, as we I think we all do. And uh, here's Oversight Committee Chair James Comer talking about not only the, uh, Hunter Biden defying a subpoena yesterday, throwing a little tantrum on the steps of the Capitol, but also uh, the impeachment inquiry. He defied a congressional subpoena. He goes and he tries to play the sympathy card uh, with the reporter, said he was there to talk, and then got in his car and drove off. Typical Biden fashion. The House Oversight Committee will continue to investigate. We will continue to move forward. We have momentum now with this impeachment inquiry, and we're going to get the truth for the American people. All right, we've had about 24 hours to let the dust settle there uh, with the big Hunter Biden woe is me speech out on uh, out on the steps of the Capitol. What did you think of of Hunter trying to uh, make himself the victim? I think for an addict, he looked good. You know, like uh, all things considered, right. you know, it's uh, <laughs> it probably new for him to talk to that many adults at one time, right? So, yeah, it's uh. I feel I don't I don't want to say I I don't want to I don't want to harp on the guy but he's not taking responsibility for his actions and, and he's not the guy ultimately that I want to see no, his dad indicted. needs to be there his all dad. roads lead to Joe yeah. Biden but Hunter Biden was was Joe's bag man. Yep, yep. I mean, really, he was the conduit to Joe Biden to, you know, 10% for the big guy, checks from China. Yep. And he, and even, you listened to that speech yesterday, he's like, my dad didn't have anything to do with my time on the board of Burisma. He didn't have anything to do with that Chinese uh, business What did Hunter do that ever qualified to him for <laughs> any of these things that he did? Well, his last name qualified. That's it. That's right. it. And, and all this is because he didn't pay a $30 phone, a $30 bill <laughs> to a computer repair place and Delaware. Um, Joe Biden's reply, the president said shortly after the vote on his inquiry, and, and by the way, he's not, the vote wasn't to impeach him. It's just, it's, it's a vote to move forward. Uh, to do what we've done for the past years already. Yeah, right. But officially. Um, quote, attacking me with lies. Let's see. He said shortly after the vote, the Republicans are, quote, attacking me with lies and are also wasting time on what he calls a baseless political stunt that even Republicans in Congress admit is not supported by facts. But actually, all Republicans voted to approve the inquiry and all Democrats opposed. I mean, we, as expected. <laughs> I mean, 
He's saying, I mean, an impeachment is political, of course, but this is exactly what happened with Donald Trump and the phone call to Ukraine. Yeah, they, they raided Donald Trump's Mar-a-Lago office with less evidence than they have oh, right please. now. Oh, please. And the same thing for Joe Biden and his documents next to the bitchin' Corvette yep. at his uh, garage in Delaware. You think about that. You think about that phone call, the, the, the most perfect phone call to Ukraine ever, where Donald Trump was accused of calling the prosecutor then and saying, look, I, I don't want to send you any, some, any of this aid until you get your house in order, because yeah. there's some corruption going on. Well, the corruption that he was talking about going on was then Vice President Biden yep. firing the, prosec- the then prosecutor for investigating his son on the energy board at Burisma. And admitted it on tape. <laughs> yes, it's a, a son of a bee, I fired yeah. the bastard. He didn't say bastard. Son of a bitch, I fired that guy. Yep. And he admitted it on tape. So it's funny how that, that Trump impeachment worked out kind of in a circular manner. Um, it was Trump talking about that Joe Biden's corruption. Um, so so, uh, you know, in, but in terms of Hunter playing the victim, uh, they were mocking my addiction. Nobody's mocking your addiction, dude. You took a lot clearly, of d- dirty selfies. That's what we're mocking. Yeah, nobody. They're, 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 they're going after my character. Your character's trash. I hate to t- like, listen, exactly. you, you can character. do whatever you want, but the moment you make it my business, I am entitled to my opinion. I just, I, 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 like, the guy is. He, how is he smart enough to be on the board of this this giant Ukraine energy company, and he doesn't know how to pay his taxes? Anything. He doesn't know how to pay <laughs> his his computer repair bill. He doesn't know how to pay child support. His, but yet, yet he can spend hundreds of thousands of dollars on hookers, yeah. drugs, and pornography. Yeah. I mean, it is it is something to behold. I don't know that we're gonna get anywhere with this impeachment inquiry? Of course not. I hope it happens, yeah. because I believe that Donald, or, or that, that, that for Freudian's lip, I believe that Joe Biden is corrupt, and I believe that, you know, that when when Hunter Biden mentions the, uh, you know, Chinese businessman, well, that's like the, the Chinese spy he was dealing with over there. And then, and then, and then when he says, if you remember, I don't want your analysis on this. Yesterday, Hunter Biden says, my father was not involved in any, what do you say? Financially involved. He was, my father was not financially involved in any of my business dealings. Those goalposts have moved in terms of how Joe was involved, right? Well, at first he wasn't involved at all. Right, never, never met, never met a business partner, never talked, never about was on the a business, call, never talked about anything, and then now we start getting more evidence. Like, not only was Joe like involved, he met these people. He was in the room was when Hunter was talking to the Chinese oligarch, saying, "Hey, five million bucks, dude." So now he's got to move it and go. Well, financially, he wasn't. <laughs> yeah. But the problem is, we have check stubs. So then, what are we going to go with next? It's so transparent. It's it's so it, like like Don. If this was Don Jr. and Eric Trump, anybody in the Trump family, they'd already be in orange jumpsuits. Oh, 100%. By now. Um, so we're 10 days away. Are we? Is it 10 days away from Christmas? Yeah. We're about 10? Uh, how's, the, how's the Lopez holiday shopping coming along? Has not started yet. Oh, yeah. boy. Have not started. Have not Wait started. Wait a minute. Does your better half have any responsibility? Uh, or does she? Because my we wife. Have, we have not started. So We. Uh, we have not started. We. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. I am only responsible. I'm very lucky to have a wife that takes care of our kids and uh, other family members. In a new survey, 89% of Americans say they've bought gifts for people 
at the very last minute. So Boom. you're going to be one of those 87%. I'm more American than you, Nige. <laughs> you're of Cuban descent, of course. Huh? Um, uh, I have English descent. Uh, not that that matters. That's why we left, because you bought crappy, birth, crappy presents at the wrong time. <laughs> Got to secede from this country immediately. 32% of people have bought last-minute gifts for friends. 27% have gone down to the wire to get guests for extended family. 17% say they've shopped late for their siblings. And then 13% of people say they run out to get small, like last minute crap for, you know, postal carriers, trash collectors. Do you, do you do the whole trash collector, postal carrier tip? Listen, no, but if I did, there's no way a lot of people are doing that this year. I mean, inflation's killing everybody. I don't. Uh, most people are downsizing. Yeah, I don't know if you're going to get any extra presents at all. Mine's done. Mine, mine is done. I think my wife is done. She starts. First of all, she starts in October. Wow. Amazon is a big deal at our family. As as much as you like to rag on Amazon and Jeff Bezos, yeah, it's a guy. lifesaver. That's how you get out and get the job done. It's time to play. Is it racist? Yeah, my name is Nigel. Jerry Lopez here, filling in for Hammer. I I know. How long have you been with the uh, with the station now, doing filling work and stuff? Feels like I've been uh, a couple months for sure. I got a couple couple runs here, like a week at a time. Couple couple. Yeah. But just started this year, right? Sure. Yeah. Yeah. And yeah. the reason I ask is because we play this. You heard the open right there. We play this game called Is It Racist? Yeah. And I, I want to make sure you understand how to play the game. And here to explain the rules of Is It Racist is AOC. Is it racist? Is something racist? Yes or no? Is pretty that, easy. Pretty easy great. to understand. Yeah. Self-explanatory. I'm ready. I got all the rules. <laughs> this mayor in Boston. Woo. Actually, her name's Michelle Woo. <laughs> Did not mean to woo for woo. Uh, she's an Asian mayor. First um, Asian mayor in Boston history. Sent out an invite via email concerning the Boston mayor's holiday party. Cool. Get it holiday for all the employees. Well, not all the employees. This holiday party is specifically specifically for, quote, electeds of color. Okay. Electeds of color. So, if you're on the city county council and you're a minority, you're invited to this party. If you are on the city county council in Boston and you're whitey, you're not invited to this party. So, this email... Again, have you ever heard them be called that before? Electeds no, of color? No, I'm already wondering who's supposed to talk if the cops show up. Like, I've never heard that. The name sounds racist. Yes. Yeah. Yes, of course. So, But the email was mistakenly sent out to all the members of the Boston City Council. So they were trying to keep this a secret. The white counselors were not supposed to receive the invite. Boston City Council comprised of six minorities and seven white members. It's going to be a small party. Yeah. It's a small yeah. party for the elected. Uh, the electeds of color. Electeds of color. Uh, there was an apology. Apparently, the party is still on. Here is Mayor Wu. I think we've we've had individual conversations with everyone, so people understand that it was truly just a, an honest mistake that went out in in typing the email field. And um, I look forward to celebrating with everyone at the holiday parties that we will have besides this one as well. So um, it is my intention that we can again uh, be a city that lives our values and create space for all kinds of communities to come together. <laughs> How do you feel about that uh, quote-unquote 
apology. So really wasn't an apology because she said, we're still doing the party. She did. Right? You notice it? Yeah, all, on all the other parties besides <laughs> this one. Um, I will just give you a scenario. If you don't think this is racist, then you probably think a flasher in the parking lot is really just doing a gender reveal, right? <laughs> like, that is, that's obviously racist. Yeah. yeah, it's obviously racist. And if I'm a white guy. Also, she's Asian. She's white in America. Like, yeah. I hate to say it, but but as a minority, we put them in that category. Look, I, I'm saying if I'm white, I'm showing up to the you should electeds of color party. You should. You are I'm going, a color. How in the world are they going to respond? What are they going to do if 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 I show up to the electeds of color party yeah. there in Boston? Um, I, I I can't believe this is the fact that we're even talking about this that they had these segregated parties. I mean, the, I mean the left, this the, is this is a taxpayer funded party. Yeah, but the left has been trying to segregate us since the beginning, right? Like this is all this is all Democrats. Republicans wouldn't dare do this because it's going to be front page news immediately. Absolutely, right? But the left can do this and get away with this open racism. Certain safe spaces for minorities and yeah. colleges and, yeah. and, and things like that. If you're white or you don't Ju- get them. Jewish, you, don't <laughs> you are get not them. allowed uh, yeah. to go in certain places. And it's it's amazing that still takes place in this day and age. And I'm I'm showing up to that party. I would uh, too. I, would, I am showing up to the. Well, I'd be invited though. <laughs> I'd be invited. Well, yeah, you're. Yeah. Uh, uh, I'm sorry, Cuban. Well, you can be my plus one night. You're my plus one. <laughs> I brought my white okay. friend. That's another good point. What if what if the minority elected uh, elected of color has a plus one that's white? Has a plus one that's white? Are they invited to the party? Well, it depends on how they identify. Well, they, if they identify of color too, then what's a whole other conversation? <laughs> Shall we continue playing? Is it racist? I love this game. You sent me this story. I, I was intrigued. Uh, we all know about, uh, if you're an NBA fan, Golden State Warriors forward Draymond Green. Troublemaker. He's been susp- suspended indefinitely for um, the he- fighting and striking Phoenix Sun Center, uh, Yusef Nurkic. Right? Yeah, he's the, he's the run our test of 2023. That's what, yeah. Hammer Hammer said the same thing. Yeah. He is always in he, trouble. Like, but, but you want the guy on your team? Uh, he's can't stay unsuspended though. He can't stay on the court. Well, now he's suspended indefinitely. Yeah, struck this uh, this European player in the face, and this is in the wake of the five game suspension for grabbing Timberwolves center Ruby Gobert by the the, the neck last month. Another so European, another European, another European. Yeah. Keep that in mind when yeah. you listen to this next clip. You remember former NBA player Gilbert Arenas? Yeah, he held up a gun on a on a teammate in the locker room because he owed him money. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's right. He was a very good yeah. NBA basketball player. Had a that controversy where he brought a gun to the uh, locker room. Yep, to the locker room. Here is Gilbert Arenas uh, on some podcast commenting uh, about Draymond Green from the Warriors and what has been going on with him. So look, the, the Go Bear choke was questionable, but defensible because Dre was coming to protect Clay. Uh, this latest incident left many people scratching their heads. So just, what do y'all think about the situation? And how do you how do you <laughs> react to this video? Hey man, listen, <laughs> I know what Dre doing. He's taking care of these euros one at a time. <laughs> oh, oh. Hey, Dre, I can't drink. Oh, they, they. 
hey, the, hey, the media is trying to push these euros on us, baby. And you choking and slapping them back. I get it, baby. Do your thing. Okay, Gilbert Arenas saying Draymond Green is trying to take the euros out. I'll leave it to the man of Cuban heritage. Yeah. Is, is this racist? Man, it's hard to make a joke with this one because it would sound racist if I did it the other way. You know what I mean? Like, it is just impossible. It's indefensible that anybody of any race uh, says any racist things, but it always seems to come from the left, right? The left can be as racist. They can make your color, your this, your that. But I don't know what this, I don't know what his Gilbert Arenas' politics are. I mean, it doesn't matter what his politics are. If he's, if he's, he's insinuating that, that a black player is fighting back against white European players. Not about basketball. This is all about race for Interesting. him. And I guarantee the blowback would be a lot worse if if Draymond Green had attacked yeah. two different Asian players. No, so there's, there's only a, there's only get, a couple of those. I know, I yeah. understand yeah. that. Yeah. But if he would have if he would have said, ah, he's trying to get rid of the Asians, that would have well, been a bigger deal. That's how that worked out for but Donald the, Sterling out there at the Clippers, <laughs> right, right? No kidding. He didn't want his girlfriend taking pictures with yeah. black guys. They made him sell the team. Uh, no, wow. All right, uh, it's the Hammer and Nigel show. <laughs> The Hammer and Nigel Show. Oh, yeah! Hello. My name is Nigel. Jerry Lopez filling in for Hammer. Find him at Indy Spanglish on X. We are at Hammer and Nigel. I'm a Vivek Ramaswamy fan. I'm a, I would vote for him in a primary. I, I, I like every one of his policies. I like everything that he's about. Uh, great orator. Uh, very smooth. Very polished. What do you think of Vivek? Was- I mean, I said it last time, right? He's he's the, the Indian Obama with Trump swag. <laughs> right? So now now I got him a new yeah. nickname. He's Obama Swami. Right? Love it. Vivek Obama Swami. With all, without any of Obama's policies. No, yeah, this the way he yeah. talks, the way, yeah. He reminds he, me a lot of them. He, and the thing is, CNN had been doing these town halls. I didn't even know this one. Like, we played some DeSantis town hall audio yesterday. I didn't even know they were doing it. A couple months from now, next year, um, at the beginning of next year, they're having two more GOP debates. But they're making the qualifications such that that Chris Christie and Shouldn't Vivek be won't, be, won't be in it. Vivek won't be there? Unless he can get 10% of uh, polling uh, in Iowa and New Hampshire, so they just want more than Nikki, 10%, they just want Nikki Haley and DeSantis. That's what they. That's the, I, want. I think that's. I think it's being designed that way the, to shrink the field to those two. Nobody wants but to I hear what that, Nikki Haley has to say, so get her off there. Well, um, apparently, <laughs> yeah, neither does Vake because he just destroyed her at that last event, didn't he? But he did a town hall last night, and. I, I gotta say, poor. What's what's the chick's name? Abby Phillips, I think, is her name. Um, doing the, the, he just destroyed CNN's view on January sixth, and the, what took place there when he said the feds were actually in the crowd. That the J J six tapes show also they show the, the police letting people into the Capitol, and the moderator for CNN was just completely not ready for this. We do have a government, first of all, we have to acknowledge that has lied to us systematically over the last several years about the origin of COVID-19, about the Hunter Biden laptop that we were told was false by 51 CIA experts and otherwise before we now know that it was true. You can go straight down the list, the Trump-Russia disinformation collusion hoax, all of it. Now we come to January 6th. The reality is we know that there were federal law enforcement agents in that field. We don't know how many. 
I think it's shameful. And if, if I may finish just answering. Well, let me just. Oh, I'm going like to go ahead and interrupt you here because, because you're saying I know this, that there were. Doesn't approve of this you're message. saying I know that there this, were federal agents. <laughs> <agents. laughs> you're saying that there were federal this is, agents. This is important to talk about. You are saying there were federal agents in the crowd on, on, yes. on January 6th. Yep. There is no evidence that there were federal agents in the crowd on January so, 6th. So why before Congress, when pressed on what the number was, they didn't say there were none. They just couldn't so say how many you're there were. Saying- they couldn't say how many they were. They, Which means there's not none. <laughs> right. And this this moderator, again, is her name Abby Phillips? I think that's her name. Look that up if you can for me real quick, uh, uh, Allison. She, this is more from January 6th on CNN. And he starts to make the case why it's important that, uh, that, that FBI agents may or may not have been in that crowd on January 6th is because of something called entrapment. What Where I mean is by the that? evidence that the government was involved Entrapment. in planning or executing okay. January 6th? So Where I'm going to I'm give, give you hard facts. And, and if I may, Abby, I know yep. this is going to be a little uncomfortable, but we're going we're, we're to go through this and you can, and you can, you can push Just back on it. The evidence. And you can push back on that. And let's do this fairly. Why did they suppress footage of now what's been released? 200 hours of footage of shooting rubber bullets into that crowd, shooting tear gas into that crowd. You didn't see that before. You saw what the response was to that. Uh, now you see footage Ms. coming out of actually rolling out the red carpet for Capitol Mr. Police allowing people in again right through the front door. Yeah, I mean, some of that footage. I saw it even before the latest video dump that the House Speaker uh, put out there, where, where people, like you said, rolled out the red carpet for people to walk into the Capitol building that are now in jail for years. For years. For, yeah. for, for trespassing. Then he ties, listen to what he does here, I think it's pretty interesting. He ties, I mean, Ray Epps is another name yep. people always talk about. Yep. There's footage of that inciting, guy. For real inciting, for real inciting. We're going to go to the Capitol and yeah. take our guns. Yeah, exactly. And Ray Epps is a free man. And made out to be some sort of uh, victim on. Did they ever come out and say if he was a Fed or not? No, no. But have they denied it? I don't know. I don't know if they ever. That was the big thing, right? Was he a Fed? That was one of the big questions. So here's what. Vivek is doing right now. He's tying what happened to January 6th to the plot of the kidnapping of Michigan Governor Gretchen Whitmer. When we Gretchen talking- Whitmer's kidnapping. I want to keep it. I want to be really clear on this because it's the same issue in the same FBI, same even part of the FBI. Three people who were in an alleged plot to kidnap Gretchen Whitmer were acquitted at the end of trial because it was entrapment. That is, government agents put them up to do something they otherwise wouldn't have done. They gave them credit cards with spending limits of up to $5,000, encouraged them to buy munitions, plan something they weren't otherwise willing to plan. So much so, and I want people at home to know this, especially CNN viewers to know this, is that one of the jurors went to those defendants and apologized afterwards, gave him a hug, Apologize, seeing what the government had put a poor guy up to who had to go to some Mexican restaurant across the street to get hot water. These people were exploited with credit cards up to $5,000, FBI agents putting them up to a kidnapping plot that we were told was true but was entrapment. 14, Same thing with the Capitol Police. People Mr. letting them freely. Many of those people Mr. then Mr. being charged. Ramaswamy, look, the government cannot I, put you up I to do something and then Mr. charge Ramaswamy, you for Ramaswamy, it. Look, That's wrong. I don't want to have to. to the left I don't, right, don't, don't want to I don't want to have to interrupt you. I really don't. But I don't want you to mislead the audience here or I'm at not. home. I think they've been misled 14. by mainstream media. They've been misled by your corporation. Love it. Love it. Now, 
I mean, did you even know that about the the guys that were involved in the, I, the I had kidnapping heard that of they, Gretchen Whitmer? That that three of them were like acquitted, and the the juror even hugged one of them. Apologizing. I didn't know. I didn't know about the hug thing, but I did hear that they were acquitted. But I think there were like more were, FBI undercover FBI agents than there were actual suspects. Hundred <laughs> percent. With this this kidnapping thing, um, so. Later, Vivek put this exchange on social media that she just that we just played and said this. Too bad for CNN. We'll take the truth on January 6th mainstream. There is clear evidence that there was, at the very least, entrapment of peaceful protesters similar to the fake Gretchen Whitman kidnapping plot and countless other cases. The FBI won't admit how many undercover officers were in the field on January 6th. Capitol Police, on one hand, fired rubber bullets and explosives into a peaceful crowd who they then willingly later allowed to enter the Capitol. That is a... uh, Social media post from Vivek Ramaswamy. Would, would you call him Obama Swami? Obama Swami. Yeah, he's like. How did you put it? You put he's a whole. A, he's, he's, a he's a Indian Trump. Obama with Trump swag. <laughs> okay, that's genius. I'm, I like that. Yeah. A website recently suggesting various Christmas traditions. Do you have Christmas traditions at the Lopez? Uh, uh not house? Christmas, New Year's, but not really Christmas. I mean, you get up in the morning and open presents. Sure. Right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Go to mom's house for breakfast and that stuff. Yeah. <laughs> um, so this, this survey asked people whether they're you know, still getting gung ho about Christmas, or if it's just kind of so-so, or if something that they, they secretly despise. I want to go through a few of these with you, right? Thousands of people weighed in on this survey. Uh, 54% of people are still enthusiastic about Secret Santa. You yeah. get into the Secret Santa, like at the office with uh, my family's friends. done it a little bit. Yeah, I mean, Secret Santa is cool unless you get somebody who you know is going to give you crappy <laughs> presents. And I we do the we do the elephant. What is white, the white elephant? elephant? Never What's done the it. difference between white elephant and Secret well, Santa? Thing, white elephant is you purposely getting something crappy, and uh, and then you can you just trade it. You can trade it, or somebody yeah. else can grab it from you yeah. if they I think like. It's it. called Yankee Swap or something like that. I think okay. I've uh, f- snow. How do we feel about snow? As long as I'm inside, Christmas. I like looking at it. All right. Shoveling it? Yeah, I'll shovel all day. Yeah. <laughs> really? No, I hate you. snow. I hate snow. Uh, all, okay. All presents must be opened on Christmas Day. No exceptions. I mean, I have little ones, so yeah. But if I had older ones, I'd let them get one a day early. 41% are hardcore about this. Christmas music. 41% think it's great. Mm-hmm. I'm only down with the old school classic stuff. Yeah. In the morning, though. 50s and 60s. That's yeah, one, well, not not a good time for Cubans. Give me uh <laughs> <laughs> Okay. All right. That's not a good time period for your people, I understand. Uh, Christmas movies. Are we still gung-ho about Christmas movies? Home Alone only. And Christmas vacation. Come there you on, go, you classic. Christmas yeah. vacation up there. Yeah. Uh, Christmas carols. Weirdos. Care about Christmas. <laughs> Hammer and I had a conversation about this yesterday or the day before, I believe. Yeah, you're a weirdo if you do that. Uh, are the, do, the, do, do, do people still do it, though? Are there carols in certain... There's Karens, but I don't know about <laughs> carols. Christmas Karens. Uh, how do the Christmas decorations look at the Lopez mm-hmm. household? There's 29% of people are still enthusiastic. I got an elf that. on the shelf watching you. Oh, yeah, we do yeah. too. Yep. Hosting Christmas parties. No. 
No. I'm with I you I will there. come to your Christmas party. Oh, yeah, sure. Hosting. I went to a great Christmas party the other day. Yeah. Uh, the ones, the best Christmas parties are at the ones that are at the restaurants. There you where go. We don't have to do anything. Uh, a couple more here. Christmas family photos. You still into that? Uh, mom makes us, but it's not my thing. Yeah. Um, and all Christmas shopping is done by Black Friday. I haven't even started nights. <laughs> What? Yeah. I mean, so what's the plan for the misses? Do you guys? Well, I did. Th- okay. Hey, honey, I did pick yours out. I've been thinking about it all year. Uh, okay. It's very important that I get yours right. Nobody else's. Right. Just okay. set me up for failure, Nigel. What's wrong with you, man? It's the Hammer and Nigel show. Uh, coming up after four o'clock. Even though Hammer's on vacation, we're going to get, uh, get him on the horn and uh, reflect on the life of George McGinnis, uh, longtime Indiana Pacer, uh, one of AB, ABA. Uh, yeah, Back-to-back championships. Um, I don't know if they were back-to-back, but um, George McGinnis passing away. Uh, a Hall of Fame, Indiana basketball legend, and it was it's a it's a sad day for Pacers fans. So we get Hammer on the phone here. Plus, all that noise last night, Jerry. After the Milwaukee Bucks game, oh, and yeah. the, the Bucks handed the Pacers there. Their butts. Yeah. Well, th- we knew that was going to happen though, because the Pacers eliminated the Bucks in the end season tournament. Well, they beat them twice this yeah. year. So this far. was their first get back, and they have two more games. Yeah. And there, there was some chippiness. I love it during that game last night. I love night. it. But it was what, what happened after the game. Yeah. It's what everybody's talking about. Um, you sent me this. Uh, this this hot drunk nursing student in Florida. She's got a she's got a great way of trying to avoid a sobriety test. She does a you have to listen here closely. But this this drunk nursing student pulled over to the side of the road in Florida, does a back bend, kind of like a backwards. Yeah, like a gymnastics move. Yeah, during a DUI arrest to prove that she's sober. Yep. So, do you want to participate in uh, field sobriety exercises? I asked you for a lighter. I would have cooperated with you. You have no idea what the hell. We okay, I'm not through. here for what's going on. Uh, 25 minutes. You want to sit there and say I've been drinking? I will sit there and do handstands. I don't care about the handstands. Do you, you. want to do? Do you want to do field sobriety exercises? Yes I can no? do a field sobriety that you can't even pass. Okay, so do you want to do, do you want to do uh, field sobriety exercises? Yes or no? What do you want me to do? It's a yes or no answer. What do you want me to do? Yes or no answer. Answer my question. No, you answer mine. That's not how this game works. No, sir, that's not how it works. Yes, that is exactly how this works. It's a yes or no answer. Do you wish to participate in field sobriety exercises? I'm going to call my grandpa. So, yes or no? Yes or no? Do you want want me to do backbend? Backbend. Here comes the backbend. I'm sorry, if someone's drunk, can they do that? Uh, 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 right? Oh man, what a just a, a an entitled little drunk biznatch. Yeah, I mean, it, I'm sorry. What an annoying broad. And and guess it, what? It, she it wouldn't have been a big deal if she didn't do that herself. <laughs> so now everybody, she's a nursing student, and now everybody knows your business because you acted like that. Oh, now it was an impressive backbend. I'm not gonna lie to you. But you knew she was drunk the moment she said, do you want me to do it? Uh, yeah, and she's sitting there haggling with the police Have you officer. seen me do a somersault? He's be- yeah, right. <laughs> that'll, that'll get you off you're the drunk, hook. You're drunk, sir. She does the back bend. The officer goes, oh, okay, you're free to go. Yeah. Um, about a minute and a half left here. I-, I wanted to bring this study up to you specifically. It's a study about having kids makes you live longer, but only if you have two. 
Uh-oh. I'm a person. I'm a family with, with two kids, uh, almost 12-year-old and a 9-year-old. People with two kids are up to 10% more likely to make it to 76 than people who don't reproduce. But having one or more than two could kill you. The kids? The, the kids well, Not the kids, me. but people that traditionally have more than two kids die at an earlier age. All right. Well, how many you got? There, big guy. Got, got to get three more than two. So, <laughs> you've got, uh, wait, how many, you got five? You yeah. got five kids. Four girls and boy. Yeah. Wow. But I have two adult children, so I have a twenty-one, nope, nineteen-year-old. Nope, year nope. Old. You're still part of this study. What if I drop them off at the fire safe box? <laughs> Like the old ones. What's the matter with you? Not the little ones, the old ones. <laughs> tell my son get in that box, dude. Oh, wow. Okay, that's Jerry Lopez. He's filling in for Hammer. Uh, you can find him at Indie Spanglish. Hammer and Nigel. Can you believe these characters are weirdos? So let's rock My name is Nigel. Jerry Lopez. He's known as at Indie Spanglish on social media, filling in for Jason Hammer. Sad day for Pacers fans. George McGinnis, who played for the Pacers in the 70s and the 80s, led them to a couple of ABA championships, passed away uh, after having becoming hospitalized with an illness. Simon family saying he was the very definition of an Indiana basketball legend, a champion, and Hall of Fame. Let's bring on one Mr. Jason Allen Hammer on the phone, uh, literally on my cell phone because uh, the actual phones in the studio are <laughs> screwed up. I think that's what happened to our Jim Banks phone uh, conversation yesterday. So what I'm going to do, very professional here, I'm going to talk to Hammer on my cell phone and put the speaker up to the microphone. Hammer, how are you? Number three in America. It's a well-oiled machine, and our show is number three in America. And we're putting basically a string on two tin cans to do an interview. It actually doesn't sound that bad, quite honestly. Uh, so, so we're good here. I'm, I'm wondering what you think um, uh, George McGinnis and his legacy means to uh, the Pacers and the uh, city of Indianapolis and Indiana, for that matter. He's on the Mount Rushmore of basketball and the state of Indiana. And there's no question about that. Um, you could make a case that George McGinnis was the most dominant high school player ever to come out of Indianapolis. I know some would say Oscar Robinson, but Big Mac, George McGinnis coming out of Washington, he was a bad man and then went on to play at IU where he was an All-American. And then from IU to his hometown team of the Indiana Pacers, where he won the MVP of the ABA, won multiple championships with the Pacers, went on to play in the NBA Finals of the NBA with the 76ers, bounced around a little bit, came back and retired a Pacer. So if you're somebody wow. that loves the heritage of basketball here in central Indiana, High school kid from Indy, All-American at IU, champion and MVP with the Pacers. It doesn't get much better than that. He was voted. I mean, he he was the first Indiana high school basketball player. When you talk about uh, George McGinnis being the GOAT, you know, being on the Mush Mount Rushmore Indiana basketball players, he was the first high school basketball player to record a 1,000 points in a season. And I didn't know this. I don't know why I didn't know this. He only played at IU for one season and averaged 30 points a game that long own season and still the only player in IU history to accomplish that that feat and there's a reason his name is hanging up in the rafters at 
the field house. Yeah. And when you talk to some of those old Pacer guys that are still around, uh, Darnell Hillman, Nigel, we had him on our podcast show years ago yeah. when we were setting up shop in a bar. And those guys are all like family. They still hang out. They still, you know, go to dinner. They have cookouts together. And every single one of those guys basically said the best teammate they had was George McGinnis. Big, strong dude, but he was kind of the glue that got everybody together. Hey, real quick before I let you go, because I got some audio to play. You're not going to be able to hear it. Um, Your take on, well, the Pacers got trounced last night, uh, 140 to... um, 126 by the Milwaukee Bucks on the road, but it's what happened afterwards that's causing the the controversy. Um, something about Giannis looking for the game ball and and the, went into the Pacers' locker room and hallway and was causing a big commotion. What happened? So long story short, the Bucks were 0-2 against the Pacers. <laughs> they got depanced by the Pacers last week on national television That's for right. this NBA in-season tournament. So they were a little salty. So Giannis goes out, drops 64 on the Pacers last night which happens because he's had 50 on the Pacers earlier in the year. (laughs) He's in the game in garbage time. You know, the Pacers have some G League dudes on the floor. Giannis is still out there padding his stats, has a dunk in the closing seconds. He wants the game ball. Fine, whatever. Well, the Pacers, and this was the story, the Pacers took the game ball because one of their rookies scored his first bucket, (laughs) and they allegedly (laughs) took the ball into the locker room turns out is a big misunderstanding and one of the Bucks assistants actually had the ball but Giannis had his feelings hurt that he wasn't personally handed the game ball and freaked out and charged in the locker room and was ready to fight everybody I mean this was like an hour this was an hour ordeal after the game wasn't it I mean this is ridiculous it was and what I love and this is what I took from this the Pacers have officially arrived. They got under the Bucks' skin. Remember, the Bucks just won a championship a couple years ago. They've got arguably one of, if not the best player in the league, in Giannis. And Pacers got in their heads a little bit. That was the first win against the Pacers the Bucks got last night. Tip your hat to them. But and it was chippy too, right? Bother it, these dudes. It was chippy. The Pacers could bother them, man. That's something. I, I'm here for that. Well, and not only that, but they play again very soon i believe they play january 1st and january 3rd one at home and one at away so uh those are going to be games i love those kinds of games those rivalry games i do too and the pacers made a roster move today uh they brought in a big physical dude somebody that can put a few fouls on Giannis. maybe somebody that can body up against the dudes like anthony davis that had a 41 and 20 on them in that uh, Saturday game in Vegas. So it might make a difference. It might not. But at least the Pacers have arrived to the point to where they can agitate people because it's been a while since this team has even mattered to anybody else around the league. What'd you do uh, on your first day off, man? You you guys doing anything? You going anywhere? Um, man, it's the honeydew list. All the stuff that I've ignored oh, yeah. the last couple of weeks, you know, um, took my son to school, had a dentist appointment today. Yeah. By the way, shout out to the West 10th Dental Group over there. Love the Hammer and Nigel show. It's oh, always cool. good to hear that your dentist is a fan of the show as opposed to somebody that hates the show. <laughs> All right. Are you guys taking any trips or anything? 
Yep, we're going to head down to Florida here for uh, Christmas. Oh, nice. And then uh, after that, maybe a few other pit stops along the way. And uh, my big fat rear end will be back in there on January 2nd. All right, brother. Well, thank you for uh, taking the time out. This is uh, <laughs> these. I, you're uh, again for people just tuning in. I'm actually talking to Hammer on my cell phone because the net, <laughs> the network, everything is going haywire in this building. So uh, have a uh, great Christmas, Happy New Year. My best to Crystal and the boys. Have a good one. Same to you and your family. Spanglish, my man. Rock it out. Hey, I appreciate it. Have a great Christmas. Hammer and Nigel presents. Is. It depends upon what the meaning of the word is. Is this anything? All right, let's rock and roll. Rock and roll. My name is Nigel, Jerry Lopez. You know how to play Is This Anything, right? I'm going to give you a couple of stories, and you're going to react. Tell me if they are anything or not. Let's go. first one is kind of funny. Two criminals in Colorado argued that their theft at a local Kohl's should have been considered a misdemeanor rather than a felony because with the coupons, they stole less than $2,000 worth of merchandise. This is real. In Colorado, any theft that is $2,000 and more is actually a felony. But these guys are saying because we had coupons, <laughs> it should be only be a misdemeanor. Here is, uh, here is a spokesman for the district attorney's office explaining the legal strategy of the defense. The defense argued and tried to convince a jury that these two defendants should not be convicted of felony theft, but rather a misdemeanor charge. We argued that it didn't really matter if the items were on sale or were discounted. Those <laughs> discounts and sales prices should apply to paying customers only, you think? not thieves. <laughs> that is hilarious. Is this anything? That is the dumbest criminals ever. Also, if they wanted to go this route, they should have went to the counter, scanned the coupons, then <laughs> Then ran yeah. off with the stuff after it was below $2,000. Got to be smarter than that. Well, I mean, the, could you imagine being the lawyers behind the scenes? Okay, here's what we're going to do. We're going to get this we're gonna get this knocked down from a felony to a misdemeanor because these things were all on sale. That and microwave you guys said, how much did it say when you... <laughs> That's ridiculous. I, I swear, then what... $2,000 is a lot of money. Especially from Kohl's. Yeah. Exactly. That's you have to you have to steal a lot to get two thousand dollars worth of money. But that's the ridiculous policies of of some of these retail stores that even let you just you know they have policies of just letting you walk out with free with the stuff and don't even mention like um, you know. And then, and then the employees would get in trouble if they tried to stop you. Yep. Now, if I'm an employee at Kohl's, I ain't trying to stop somebody if walking out. I'm an employee out. anywhere, Nights. I'm not trying to stop you walking out with this stuff because people are crazy. I'm not going to get stabbed over the two sweatshirts you stole. Yeah, exactly. The regard for human life. Uh, people are not afraid to kill, and they're not afraid to go to jail, and they're not afraid to uh, take another, take someone else's life uh, and, and if you it, get in the way of them and their Air Jordans. That and, they a lot, stole. and a lot of these cases, too, if you stop them, like you said, your employer is going to fire yeah. you because it's against policy. All right. You're familiar with the uh, holiday movie, The Santa Claus, right, Tim Allen? Love it. Love it. There's a naughty line. I didn't know this. There's a naughty line that um, 
in the Santa Claus that Disney had to cut out. New York Post ran an article about it. Here's a scene where Tim Allen's ex gives him a slip of paper so he can reach her over the holidays, right? And, uh, you know, Tim's character is a smartass. He quips a, a 1-800 number that sounds slightly provocative, right? It turns out it was and still is a real sex hotline. Here is the scene that had to be cut out. Here's Neil's mom's number in case. 1-800-SPANK-ME. I know that number. Uh, and a Merry Christmas to you, too. <laughs> is, this, is this anything? That is on purpose. That's on purpose. It's, it's hilarious. Is it product placement? It is definitely product placement. <laughs> Maybe the movie company had uh, a back alley deal with the yeah. sex line. They paid extra money to get that number put in there. <laughs> kind of like Coca-Cola does does companies. <laughs> and then, I mean, even back in the day, I remember parents complaining because kids were calling that number. I mean, that movie came out in 94. And... You know, later VHS, DVD, Blu-ray versions had to cut it out. I'm sure it's cut out on on Disney Plus. Parents complained that kids were calling that number. <laughs> so how'd they know? I guess that's not how a 900 number. Remember, 900 numbers were a thing. Yeah, but they automatically would charge you your phone bill, right? Oh, right. So they little Tommy's the phone. calling 1-800 spank me. Yeah, lot. when you had when you had landlines, they could probably just charge you for that. Uh, one more here. Yeah, we got time for one more. A pair of uh, a rare Nike. Air Jordan shoes worth over ten grand were donated to the Portland Rescue Mission in Oregon. The money made from those shoes will be used to fund more recovery programs. Here is the uh, here's Aaron from the Portland Rescue Mission talking about the amazing. Oh, I guess they fa- somebody found these shoes and donated them. The shoes are such a perfect symbol for what we do at the work, pulling them out of where they may have been overlooked or unserved, and really helping them get back on their feet. <laughs> like helping them get back on their feet. Lady, get out of here. I totally missed it. Get out of here. She's a clown. No. Somebody, first of all, $10,000 Nike Air Jordans? I, I don't you even a, know. You're no. a shoe guy, aren't yeah, you? Yeah, I mean, I remember what the shoe they're talking about. With It's the Spike Lee one. I remember they did the Spike Lee thing, but I don't remember these shoes. And somebody just found them, probably donated them randomly. Honey, and they didn't a, know what they donated. They yeah, gave the, away the, a whole the, pair of shoes, my, and now it hit the news, and somebody's in trouble. My, my wife does it all the time. She'll walk into the closet and decide that I have too many shoes, and then I'll go in there and find a couple of my favorite pairs missing. Honey, honey, where are my Air Jordans? Oh, I donated them to Salvation Army. They need to check around the Portland <laughs> Rescue Mission for any domestics that's happened in the past week. This is. All right. Uh, Jerry Lopez filling in for Hammer. My my name is Nigel. It is the Hammer and Nigel Show. My name is Nigel. Jerry Lopez filling in for Hammer. Also joining us in studio, Abdul Akim Shabazz, attorney at law, uh, instructor at uh, where? U of I? University of Indianapolis, yeah. And, um, General uh, pain in the butt. Yeah. <laughs> That's my wife. Uh, IndiePolitics.org is uh, your uh, website. Biggest news story in Indiana this year thus far? With uh, I would say the biggest news story with massive repercussions uh, was a decision that was put out last week uh, in Marion in Mary County Court by Judge Patrick Dietrich, basically saying that uh, the law that requires a candidate, uh, if they want to run in a primary, to have voted in two previous primaries uh, violates the U.S. and the state constitution. That has some major political ground swelling. Now, a lot of folks in our audience are like, oh, so... 
who cares? What does that mean? Like, well, uh, well what does that mean? Explain uh, the law that was in place. Well, before. under law, uh, Indiana's you know Republican, Democrat, they're two major major parties. Uh, if you want to run as a Republican or a Democrat, uh, you have to have voted in either two previous Republican or Democrat primaries, or get a, get permission from your county chairperson. Like, sign a letter, yeah, you're Republican in good good standing. So one person could yeah. decide your fate yeah. if you had not voted in a couple of different primaries. Yes. Um, so seems weird. But but what uh, Judge Dietrich did, who's by the way is a Republican judge, a Republican appointed judge, by the way, said that that uh, by adding those, adding those qualifications of Violates the federal and the state constitution. The federal constitution gets in the, gets in the weeds. It's like the first, fourteenth, and actually the seventeenth amendment, which I thought was interesting. But it was the state constitution part uh, that made it interesting because what he said was that by saying that someone has to vote in two previous primaries, you're adding what's called additional qualifications to the office. Because say to be governor, guy like no, say thirty five years old and be a resident of Indiana, that's that's what the Constitution says. That that's it. But by saying you had to vote in two previous primaries to run in a Republican, to run as a Republican, that violates the state constitution. That has major shockwaves right now. now. You and Rob, you and Rob Kendall talked a lot about this over the past few weeks. Who brought forth the lawsuit? Uh... John Rust, uh, who's a candidate for the U.S. Senate, you prefer for Mr. Rust. You get all these emails all the, all the time. <laughs> I get this guy. I get like eighteen different emails from John Rust a day. There's no unsubscribe button, John. <laughs> yeah. So he. So what? So what happened with him? What particip- per- precipitated him to um, file this lawsuit? Uh, John hadn't voted in two previous Republican primaries because he went to run against Jim Banks uh, in the U.S. Senate, Senate. next year in the, in, the, yeah. in the primary, and he went to uh, his county chairperson. Uh, who she said, no, I'm not going to sign your letter. I'm not going to say you're in good standing. And had she just done that, just let him let him go, let him just let, let him go do it, let him run, let him lose, or whatever, then that would have been fine. Does that seem like a strange law to you, Abdul? Um, I, mean, I, have a, I have a major problem with the Indiana primary system to begin with, because it's, it's a taxpayer-funded activity, and it's political parties choosing their candidates. And so either have an open primary where people can run, and then the top two vote-getters face off in the general election, or... You guys go have your nominating conventions. What, but, but what was the thinking behind this law? The, the... Trey Hollingsworth. <laughs> okay. Uh, because when the law was changed, uh, Trey Hollingsworth had ran uh, for Congress. Uh, I want to say back in back in the, the uh, back in the last decade, and so legislation was uh, was pushed in to kind of stop that from happening. I still don't. I don't get it. Like, like if you if you didn't vote in two previous primaries as a Republican, you can't run as a Republican. And in, in the in the Republican, in in, you can't run. You can't run the Republican primary. I, I, but but what does it matter if you voted or not? What what were they trying to prevent? Uh, basically, basically, just sort of uh, put put up another put up another barrier. Okay. For participation, because here's the other thing too: is uh, under under this law, eighty seven percent of Hoosiers would be an for voting to run as a Republican in a Republican primary, and if you're and if you're a younger oh, yeah. person too, let's say you only got here in like when you're 18 years old, well, if the, if the office yeah. says you can be 18 when run, but says well you can't run as a Republican because you were here for two years, <laughs> you, you see how this could be a little bit of a, of a disaster. And I think I think it's funny how it, it was also up to one person, yes, um, to decide, and this person, whoever it was, did not let Jen said now. Who was it? The commissioner, some commissioner or something? Yeah, that said no. The, the, county, yeah, the county chairperson in Jackson County. Why did they say? Do they have to offer a reason? Nope. Why? It must be totally arbitrary. So 
so who is John Rust then? Who who is he? Does he have a lot of money? Yeah, is, he, is he a threat to Jim Banks? And uh, his I guess campaign? because John because because John Rust has has can financially run a competitive race. That's what people, folks were worried or concerned about. So. What what was the response from the Banks campaign, or was there? Um, nothing yet. Uh, nothing, nothing, nothing I've seen so far. But but they, they do plan to appeal uh, the decision to the appellate court and, po- and possibly to the Supreme Court because it says this law violates. They are appealing. Yeah, the law violates the state constitution. And, and Todd Rakita is handling the appeal, which means it'll probably get shot down. But that's a whole other story for another time. Uh, but no, no, the, the thing is, no, this has major major political repercussions. I would say this is the biggest political story. Wow. Uh, in Indiana and twenty twenty three, and actually, I would say probably in Indiana political history. Crazy stuff. We're here uh, speaking with Abdul Abdul at large as your show here on Saturdays on 93 WIBC. I've noticed on IndiePolitics.org you've been talking to some of the candidates for governor of 2024. Uh, Tell me about this Chambers guy. Uh, Brad Chambers, uh, head of the Indiana, uh, former Secretary of Commerce under Eric Holcomb, Indiana Indiana Economic Development Commission. So he was was Holcomb's commerce guy. Yeah. Uh, Just like uh, Eric Doden was uh, Mike Pence's commerce commerce guy. Yeah. Uh, Good guy, really sharp, uh, a little bit on the introverted side is kind of coming out of a shell a little bit. Uh, no, like I said, no, I think uh, between Eric Doden, Brad Chambers, Suzanne Crouch, uh, Mike Braun, um, and Curtis Hill, uh, Indiana has a has a has a good crop of candidates to pick from. There, there's not a whole lot of lot of difference be- between the two. Now, Chambers is the only one who says that the Leap District and the water thing is actually a good a good idea. You're gonna, you're gonna have to take me down that road too. This water just. I heard Rob talking about it the, the other day. Yeah. See, here, here, here's the thing. <laughs> water is like electricity, and it's like coal. We, we, it is not uncommon that we take water or electricity or coal from one place and move it to another, move it to another place. The, the question is, is does Indiana have the water supply to do what they want to do to right. take water from Tippecanoe County and move it to Boone so County? So they, so the Tippecanoe County, they want to build a pipeline to Boone County, right? Right, and they're opposing this. Uh, why? Uh, basically, saying that Indiana doesn't have the. First of all, uh, Indiana has a water issue. We don't know how, how big a water the water issue is. So, so part <laughs> of what we're doing is we're we're going to do do a study to see, you know, can you can you build a pipeline, you know, from Tippecanoe County to to Boone County? And and please note, uh, this impacts the entire state because it goes along the Wabash River. Because I want to say the the new mayor of Terre Haute was expressing concerns like, hey. If you guys be taking water from there, what's going to do for us, for us down here? So, so one of the things that needs to be done is, is a water study to see what Indiana's water supply actually is. What's, about, this, what's this going to do for Boone County, and who's going to pay for it all? Um, like I said, uh, that remains to be seen. But, but, the, but the first, but first and foremost, got to figure out we have to actually have the water there to begin with. All right. So. Okay. And Chambers is for this. Yeah. Because it happened in the Chambers is watching he was Secretary of Commerce. Okay. All right. I got you. So, and where is he at on medicinal marijuana? I know actually, that's a... actually open to it. Uh, Are any of the other candidates nope. opening open to any of that? Curtis Hill's against it. Suzanne Crouch is against it. Medicinal. Medicinal. Well, I'm not talking about recreational here. Yeah. yeah Chambers says he. Chamber Chambers did not say no. It's like he has some concerns about recreational, but he's open to medicinal. Like, hey, let's have a conversation. Let's do some research and have a study. Is that a bonus? In, I, w- I in would your say. Eye? I mean, is that? I would say uh, if 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 marijuana is one of your issues. Then how, once, how big of an issue is it, though, in this state? I mean, it's 
it's, I, I, I call marijuana legalization an existential issue. How, how about how about we do it that way? It, it's out there, but no one's nobody's going to win or lose over it. But in a, but in a race of five, you know, five Republican candidates for governor, if, if that's your issue, it gives you an edge. But it just seems like like Ohio, Michigan, yep, Illinois, uh, Illinois, Kentucky. We yep. are surrounded by states that have uh, eased back on the marijuana laws. Yeah, and uh, it seems and, 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 and this argument that well, if you legalize it, people be driving high. Well, newsflash, people been doing it already. <laughs> yeah, I mean, of course. Now, 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 the question is, how do you how do you test driving impairment, which is a fair question, because there's no, because once you use it, it's in your system for about a month or so. You know, were you impaired at the time? That, oh, yeah. That, that, that makes sense. But, but, but the argument that Holcomb has always said is that it's still, on the federal level, illegal. What do you think about that argument? And it seems like other states have figured that out a, r- a way around. Well, that. That, that's more of a philosophical argument than 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 a legal argument. Uh, and I would argue technically that the federal government has to appoint uh, decriminalize marijuana because in, in every budget pro- in every year they do a budget appropriation, they say you can't use federal funds to go after people for simple possession. Yeah. So from that yeah. from that perspective, it's already. And if you ask if you ask state police or any law enforcement, like we have other things, we have we have we have more important things to do than. Than that. We're speaking with Abdul Hakim Shabazz, IndiePolitics.org. And a final question here um, as we round out 2023. 2024 is going to be a, an interesting year, especially with the um, presidential the, race, the presidential the race, race, the U.S. Senate race, race, yeah, the I mean, legislative uh, race. Yes, I'm, 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 you, can, you can see the excitement on my face. <laughs> I've never known a black man could be so happy. Any, any predictions on the uh, presidential election? A lot of different uh, things could happen. Uh, Nothing yet, uh, but one thing people need to keep in mind is with respect to polling, and particularly polling right now. Polling right now is more of a beauty contest. It doesn't mean a darn thing, because uh, day in politics is a lifetime. We've got 11 months to go before election Long time. Long time to go. Anything can happen, so I just leave it at that. And the governor's race for Indiana. I mean, is it Mike Braun's to lose at this point because he's a senator? And I, would, I would say Mike Braun's technically the front runner because he's got the most name ID. But being the front runner right now is like being the tallest midget in the room. <laughs> so there you go. There's something politically incorrect about that statement. I'm not sure what it is. But Everything's for, politically sure. correct, but I've never been accused of being politically. <laughs> So I'm not going to start now. Too damn old. <laughs> Where can people find your work? Get a hold of you and uh, uh, indypolitics.org. Uh, Abdul at indypolitics.org is my email address. Also follow us on Twitter at indypoliticsorg. Merry Christmas, Happy New Year, and uh, have a great weekend. Hey, too, my friend. All right, see ya. It's a Hammer and Nigel show. You're listening to the Hammer and Nigel show. All around the world. My name is Nigel, Jerry Lopez, Indie Spanglish on social media. How are you, sir? Doing very well. How are you doing today, Thank you for filling in for Hammer today. Um... The top. Have you seen? Have you been to the movie theater much? I have. This I've year? Gone. I take the kids a lot to the movies. So you, if I recall, you were in a big fan of Barbie. Was not. Was and, not. And the just just general quick consensus is why. Uh, it was you. a very like man hating movie. Um, <laughs> basically, the, the 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 tale of the movie was men are replaceable and we have no purpose. Without women, without men, the world would be a better place. It's <laughs> so funny. It's just so funny. Many different interpretations of of Barbie. Uh, my wife and her, my daughter went and they loved it. Of course they uh, did. I don't think they really put as much thought into it as you did. But the I'm going to go from uh, the five on down to one. The top 
top five grossing movies in America. Um, and this is just for North America, right? Oppenheimer in at number five. Did you see that one? Did not. $325 million, uh, almost $326 million in America this year. Did you go see Guardians of the Galaxy I, Volume 3? I did. Huge fan of the series. Really? Yep. I have not even finished number one yet. Yep. I like the series. Love the soundtracks even more. The 70s soundtracks the sometimes? Love them. Yeah. Love them. So, they're in a number four with uh, almost $359 million. Again, this is just in, in North America. You see the Spider-Man Sp- across the Spider-Verse or whatever it's called? I did not. Are you I into think that that's anime? the animation one. No, no, I didn't see that one. That, that was the number three movie in America. $381 million. Uh, number two, another movie my kids loved, uh, the Super Mario Brothers. Loved did you it see as well. That? Did loved you like it. it? Loved it. Now, did you like it because of the movie? I mean, your kids probably are too young to know who the Mario Brothers were, so I'm assuming you'd like it. The reason I liked it is because it was because I played. That was addicted to Super Mario Brothers yep. when I was a kid. It was flat flashback to my childhood. I mean, I would I would get I would showbiz pizza on the, <laughs> on West 38th Street. I would get you know a stack of quarters and just stand there and play that thing all day long right. until my mom and dad finally broke down and brought me a bought me an SE, uh, Super Nintendo oh, system. Do, 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 do. Yeah, that's it. very good. <laughs> Thank you for that. <laughs> and then, of course, the uh, top five, the, the number one grossing movie in North America, Barbie, with $636 million, billion dollars worldwide, obviously, but Barbie, number one by far. And you you know, there's actually a lot of merchandise, a lot of Barbie merch to go along with the movie. This Christmas, kids are asking for realistic toys, and now there's Walk of Shame Barbie. Walk of Shame Barbie. Comes with disheveled hair, wrinkled cocktail dress, runny mascara, empty bottle of tequila, cigarette breath, and potty mouth. <laughs> damn it. I broke my heel on my high heels. And where the hell is my damn you ride? Walk of Shame Barbie. And coming soon, Mugshot Barbie, Hoarder Barbie, and Walmart Barbie. Not available at Walmart. There you go. New from Hammer and Nigel products right there. Do you are you, you mess around with the chat GPT? A little bit. Just going there and fool around, but nothing crazy. I mean, is it free? I don't know. Yeah, like, it's free. Can you, is it something you can download on your on your phone? Yeah, but I would be wary of downloading anything like that. But yeah, definitely. But, but there's a website you could go to. So what do you do on the website? What do you do? Uh, so you would go there, you'd log in, register, it's free, and then you just basically ask it to do things for you. So <laughs> uh, for example, if you have a paper. Uh, chat BT, give me today's news, and you can even say Make it vulgar, and it will make the news vulgar. Or you say whatever you want; it'll just do it for you. Some, uh, some are saying. Some people that have noticed this um, that use ChatGPT saying it's been getting lazier recently, and they're wondering if this AI, if AI can be hit with seasonal depression. Have you noticed as a ChatGPT user, AI getting depressed? It, it does seem a little bit lazier than normal. It takes a lot of breaks. <laughs> And they say, quote, we've all heard your feedback about it getting lazier. We haven't updated the model since November 11th, and this certainly isn't intentional. Model behavior can be unpredictable. 
We're looking into fixing it, and they added, quote, it isn't broken, models can evolve, and may need to recalibrate. That is what the, um, but that's what OpenAI, the people are saying. If ChatBD can have seasonal depression, shouldn't my manager get off my back? <laughs> exactly. Like, this is a computer model. Well, seasonal depression, I mean, it happens this time of year. December, of course it I mean, does. It's, it's, it's the holidays. You wake up on a Monday, and it's dark and gray. And, and, it's dark and gray when you leave. Oh, when you leave? Absolutely. Hammer and Nigel. Can you believe these characters are weirdos? So let's rock My name is Nigel. Jerry Lopez filling in for Hammer. Indy making international news. Let's go to the headline from the Daily Mail, Jerry. Video shows a legal Indianapolis street takeover that featured 500 cars, drivers doing donuts, and women twerking out of the car windows. Sounds like the December <laughs> Indy 500 to me, nice. <laughs> this all happened over the weekend, 2800 block of Lafayette Road. But I just think, I mean, this is from the Daily Mail. Um, and you know, whenever there's uh, the word twerked involved in a headline, about it. Indianapolis, it's never. But you do click it, but it's never good. <laughs> have you heard of these these street takeovers? I, I have heard of them. I have not heard of them out here yet. Usually, they're you know big cities out west or in New York City. You see them shut down at intersection, Dude, and police have been called literally to multiple takeovers this year. Like 40 arrests have been made, 80 stolen, uh, confiscated stolen vehicles. Uh, the last time they headed down was on near uh, near MLK. Uh, the, there were people riding around on horses. No. Oh, yeah. Yeah, that, that happened a few months ago. So, this one in particular, I mean, shots were fired, police were injured, motorists from several different states. New York, New Jersey, Massachusetts, Pennsylvania, Vermont, all poured in to Indianapolis for this gathering, again, at the 2800 block of Lafayette Road, this this highway, this street takeover, and basically an illegal meetup of cars performing dangerous stunts. What is going on? I mean, these kids have way too much time on their hands is what it is, but how many how many times have you seen somebody doing donuts uh, on online or whatever, and then somebody gets hit by the car that Swerving. Oh, I know. Yeah. Now my my interest is I need to. I, I saw the video where they are. They're doing donuts. <laughs> These chicks got their asses out window twerking as they're doing the donuts. You know, driving down the road doing 80 miles an hour. The uh, police arrested one person here, charged him with reckless driving. I believe the cops had to discharge their weapon. That guy, that officer, uh, that officer is on leave. Um, nobody was seriously hurt. There were a couple of injured officers, though. But it's just never good when, you know, these kinds of headlines are making international news in Indianapolis. But how am I supposed to throw my dollar into the back of a moving vehicle (laughs) as she twerks in circles? You're making it really hard for me, lady. Speaking of dangerous driving, Indiana, I saw this on Fox 59, Indiana is home to two of America's most loathed highways. According to a Volvo survey, that questioned 3,000 drivers across the country. Coming in at number 58, stretch of Interstate 65 in Indiana is ranked among the top loathed highways in America and considered the worst highway in 
in the Hoosier State. Basically, basically 65, Indy to Chicago sucks. Construction, bottlenecks, delays, stuff like that. Would you agree with that I assessment? I could see that, yeah. It seems like there's always construction. There's never uh, just open open roads. And not only that, but drivers are crazy on 65, I feel like. I mean, coming home at night, I mean, whizzing in and out, uh, at least doing at least 100. I mean, those drivers, it's like the times where you wish there was a cop. There's somebody driving erratically, and uh, they're never around. Well, I'm <laughs> not feel, blaming I, the police. There's, I know there's a problem with recruitment to begin with, with IMPD. I, I feel the same way on 69 when I come in from the north side. It's like I'm driving the speed limit, and people are just going past me oh, like yeah. I'm going 35. Not, not, okay, not only cars, but semis as well. Fly, I, I'm dusting me, dusting yes. me, and I'm going, the, I'm going 510 over, Yes, and they're flying past me. Yes, uh, and then, of course, 465 landed at 78 Naturally. on this on this list of the top 100 most loathsome roads. I, I can't draw like like the south side, all that construction. I, I, I just it's I, it makes me want to stay home. If you don't have at least four roundabouts on your road, I'm not coming. <laughs> That's right. That's yep, okay. You got to have roundabouts. If you want Indy in your town, you better have roundabouts. How you been feeling, man? How's how's things going? Think, things good. I mean, how's the holidays? You feel okay? Have you, have you gotten the bug at all? You know, I I, I love the, the holidays uh, just because my kids are either too old to real they they understand or uh, so young that it's not a big deal they still have that holiday spirit so it's fun for me right now again and when i ask if you have the bug i understand i understand what you're saying but i meant like the the virus oh, have you caught any rsv flu covid how no, are you feeling in that no. cuz i know you like to go out a lot yeah. i know you like to spend a lot of time in the bars playing the yeah. darts you're around a lot of people you're very social um nothing in that regard in terms of of health i no, trust my immune system yeah yep Do you take a flu shot? Uh, no, I don't. Eat. No. I swear to God, the, the the years I take a flu shot, I get sick. That's what a lot All of people right. say. And uh, I mean, last time in 2019, good God, um, the October for COVID, I, I, I took the flu shot, and a week later, I was in bed for 10 days. Wow! I swear, I was Indy. You know this? I was Indiana's patient zero for COVID. I believe it was floating around that early wow. in October of 2019. I, the reason I ask you this is because Pfizer stock fell about eight percent when the market opened yesterday and it was basically a knee-jerk reaction to forward-looking estimates that didn't align with wall street's predictions concerning pfizer's stock here's the uh, take a while to guess the main reason why pfizer stock fell about eight percent people aren't getting any more boosters nights people ain't getting that covid 19 no. vaccine uh the company expects listen to this <laughs> wow Pfizer expected expects just eight billion in sales uh, next year, down from a whopping fifty six point seven billion in twenty twenty two. And the only other company to do that is Bud Light. You know, that's a, yeah, that's a lot of that's, money. That's, that's exactly they Bud Lighted themselves. I mean, it just shows you how in demand, um, how the demand is completely collapsed for this thing, whether it be the vaccine or the booster or, and then uh, pr- piggybacking on that, they're, um, they're therapeutic, uh, Paxlovid, they're, uh, their antiviral treatments are just, nobody's getting them anymore. Well, I'm sure they'll have they'll have a new virus come out next year to to boost those oh, profits. They it's were coming. Already, they were already trying to scare us. White there. pneumonia. The, yes. <laughs> yeah. Right. White white pneumonia. Yeah. And, and as soon as I heard that, I was like, I'm Cuban. I'm good. Like, <laughs> they, it's not for me, dude. A couple of weeks ago, oh, there's pockets of white pneumonia in yeah. Ohio and Michigan, and it started 
in China, and boy, you better get the double jab. I, you know, Travis Kelsey, the tight end, Mr. Pfizer. Yeah, Miss. I mean, he, he, I see those commercials that he plays. They encourage you because what they've done is they've tried to tie the flu vaccine into Walgreens. Will let you get both. Yes, exactly. That's what they want you to do. They want you to go get both. So he's got the blue Band-Aid for the COVID and the brown oh, Band-Aid for the flu. They're, now, treating, us, they're saying, treating us like little kids and serial characters. It seems like it. Now, I'm not saying that... I don't have anything bad to say about the flu vaccine. I just, I don't know, and watch, I say this, I'm going to get, like, severely ill over the over the holiday. I just, I, I don't have anything against the flu vaccine. I just haven't gotten it this year. I'm, I'm not even against the COVID vaccine. I just think we need to be, no, more, it, be it, more honest about who actually needs it, right? It, if, you, if, if you're, if you're yes. overweight, if you're older, if you have respiratory issues, if Absolutely. You definitely I mean, get it. But if you're a 17-year-old healthy kid or an 18-year-old young woman who is going through hormones, you don't need to do anything to your body right now that we don't know anything about. Are you okay? Everything's going to be okay. Are you okay? Yeah, I'm fine. I'm pretty far from okay. Are you okay with this? On the Hammer and Nigel Show. Oh, yeah! It's the Hammer and Nigel Show. Back here, my name is Nigel. Jerry Lopez, he is known as Indy Spanglish on X. Jerry, how are you? Doing very well. How are you doing, Thank you. Uh, thank you for filling in for Hammer here the next couple of uh, days and weeks. Let's go to a little bit of controversy with one Mr. LeBron James. He, I don't know if this is last week or the week before, but he was with his kids at some... I think it was a college basketball game. Yeah, it was his his oldest son was playing at oh, USC. Bronny. Okay. Yep. Okay. Yep. First game since he, he had the heart attack. He, okay. So he was there, and so he's walking in during the national anthem at the basketball game, and our critics are accusing him of disrespecting the country, the flag, and the military because during the national anthem, as he was walking in, in the middle of it, he sits down. Everybody else is still standing up. He just goes ahead and takes a seat right. right during the national anthem. Now, LeBron is no stranger to controversy. He was an anthem kneeler and believed America was essentially an oppressive place yep. at one point. A lot of that controversy died down. But this boy, this thing went viral. This thing went viral, and it kind of rubbed UFC star Colby Covington. The wrong way. He went off on La Flop during a recent press conference. Check this out. If you hate America so much and you don't like this country that gave you a billion dollars, leave it or come deal with me. You go to China, go to go to these sweatshops that you employ all these laborers and use these women and pay them pennies on the dollar to make your millions. <laughs> you, LeDrom James, you're a coward, you're a spineless coward, and you're a b- Shots wow. fired. Shots uh, fired. Mike dropped right yeah. there. Do you think that reaction from UFC star Colby Covington towards LeBron James was warranted? So, a couple of things here. One, Colby Covington is Team MAGA. He's a staunch, staunch, staunch Trump supporter, wore a MAGA hat uh, to a lot of his prep conferences. So, this is a side he has to take. Okay. Now, as somebody who saw the video, didn't yeah, seem did like too. that big of a deal. Like, I, and I'm also a vet. Like, I wasn't offended that he did it. Now, I hate LeBron James, so if I want to have a reason <laughs> to talk crazy, there it is. But if you really want want my my position on what he could do, LeBron is one of the only athletes in the world that could say, "I want all of my shoes manufactured out of Akron, Ohio," and Nike would do it immediately. 
He doesn't right? do that? He does not do that. All oh. of his shoes are manufactured in China. So <laughs> it's not about America. He's about the almighty dollar. But I think this is being a little overblown. Probably. I watched the video, too. He's yeah. got his kids with him. Yeah. Here's the question I have. Now, if it would have been me and my kids. I wouldn't have walked in during <laughs> National Anthem. I would have stood until it was over. I would have stood yeah. until it was over to wherever the tunnel was, yeah. to wherever I was standing. But the question remains, where where does it end? Like, if if you're walking in late and you hear the national anthem and you are uh, in line for beer at the concession stand, are you are you taking your hat off and um, standing there? Uh, that's a good question. You know, that's a good like, question. How close do you have to? When be? you hear it, should you stop? Wherever no you where are, you're at, even out on the concourse. Yeah, if you're in the restroom, should you pinch it off and wait? <laughs> No. Like, how much do you love America Jerry, nights? I, I'm drawing the line at well, pitching it off. Anti-American. That's what I heard. <laughs> at Hammer and Nigel, at Indy Spanglish, where do you draw the line? I mean, if you are, uh, if I'm walking down the steps to my seat, I stop. Yeah. Right? If I'm in line for beer, that's questionable. Um, if I'm in the bathroom and I hear the national anthem, just go ahead and call me anti-American yeah, because I'm not, like I'm not pinching it off. <laughs> uh, are you familiar with country superstar Luke Holmes? One of the few that I know. Excuse me. Mm, got a little variant going on here, I think. Luke, Holmes, I'm curious to see what you think about this apology. Luke Holmes posted a video on Instagram yesterday saying he was sick to his stomach after finding out his lawyers sued a fan for selling unlicensed merch. In fact, a judge ordered this chick to pay Luke $250,000 and then $5,500 in her Amazon account got seized. Luke sent her twice that to help with the bills, and now he's selling the $20 tumblers on his website with all proceeds going to help her out. Here is Luke Holmes. A woman that's being sued by me for $250,000, I've spent the last two hours trying to, to make this right. And so we do have a company that goes after supposed Supposedly, large corporations making counterfeit t-shirts, things of that nature, running illegal businesses. And she got in trouble, apparently, for making tumblers. So she told me there's $5,500 locked up in her Amazon account. I'm going to double that and send her $11,000 today. I'm going to make my own tumbler today. All that money is going to go to Nicole and her family. And uh, I invited Nicole and her family out to a show uh, this year so I could give her a hug and say sorry in person. Are you okay with uh, Luke Holmes apologizing to somebody that that was illegally selling unlicensed Luke Holmes merch? I am now selling unlicensed Luke Holmes merch. <laughs> like, what is that? That is crazy. Well, he said this was gen- primarily, the, you know, he has lawyers to go after giant corporations that I mean, I can understand that. Crap. I understand that, and it's it's nice that he's even looking out for this lady, but it's sending the uh, the Lululemon response. Oh, you're saying I can steal from you? Okay. What's that? I don't get the Lululemon. Lululemon, their CEO came out and said, we do not stop retail thievery. Oh, yeah. Yeah, that's so right. basically, everything's yeah. 100% off. Just oh come God. in and get your free stuff. <laughs> There's women that have worked for Lululemon that we were in the news recently that were fired because they yeah. followed the thieves yeah. out to their cars Let to, get their, to get their license. So, so Luke Holmes is on the Lululemon trade. Yeah, I, I, I get what he's doing here. He, he, would, he doesn't want to be seen as somebody that's picking on some little lady who's trying to make some money it's on the side look. off. His, that was a bad look. So I'm, I'm assuming she doesn't have to pay him $250,000 in... And uh, she's helping her get back some of that money. But, yeah, okay, 
you're going to have a thousand other of these kinds of people. Oh, look what he at, did from at least one right here in Indianapolis. <laughs> <laughs> All right, one more here. Are you okay with this? A passenger in Los Angeles filmed a Delta employee at the check-in gate spreading some holiday cheer by singing Let It Snow into the PA. You okay with um, everybody getting all Christmassy and in the in the Christmas spirit at the airport? I mean, I'm okay with the Christmas spirit. I am not okay with a high school, you know, performance singing and dancing on the plane. It, no, man, I don't. Just play the music on the PA and let me go. I don't want to hear have you have a moment. I, I, yeah, I'm. I'm on the cusp with the wacky flight attendants who, like on Southwest, that will do a rap or something yeah, no, like good. that. Good. I'm, I'm it's but, not performance but, but, Yeah. We had that story of some lady that won a Grammy, uh, uh, the gospel Grammy, that started that wanted to get up and sing one of her songs during the flight, and the flight attendant came and said, no, yeah. no, absolutely not. I'm not down with that. And what's good for one person may not be good for somebody else, and i just rather play it safe and not have anybody just, sing. Just give me all I need is in an airport is professionalism and politeness. Sense of humor is fine, but professionalism and politeness. And I would probably also hope that my pilot is not a DEI hire, <laughs> yeah. if you know what I mean. Yeah. I want you to get up right now and go to the window, open it, and stick your head out and yell, I'm as mad as hell, and I'm not going to take this anymore. And now. Nigel, go off the rails with Rock Kindle. My name is Nigel. Jerry Lopez filling in for Jason Hammer. And even though Rob Kendall from the Kendall and Casey Show is on vacation, he has graciously decided to join us for Off the Rails. Rob, how are you? I work harder on my vacation than I do when I'm at work, guys. <laughs> and do we have a sponsor to thank? Oh, yes. Thanks, as always, to Garage Doors of Indianapolis for providing for this vacation where I work harder uh, at home than I do when I'm at work. Uh, we're going to touch on a lot of things here. Just, I mean, we've had 24 hours since uh, that, you know, uh, Hunter Biden gave his little speech on Capitol Hill, then got in his car and drove off, or he tried to play the victim and pr- basically flipped off. Comer and Jim Jordan and the Oversight Committee told them to shove their subpoena where the sun don't shine. I'm just kind of curious of the uh, chaos uh, that you saw yesterday. What you well, thought? He's always a victim. He, he's always a victim. He's always they, a victim. He's, he's always the victim, and they continue this narrative. And polling shows it's clearly not working. That he's just some poor drug addict who was a victim of his circumstances. And the reality is the exact opposite. The drug use was a part of his circumstances. Circumstances, but it was created by the immense wealth that he garnered based on his dad having essentially influence and office for sale. 
And can I say something else? He didn't mention people mocking my addiction. I've specifically heard you say on your show that you hope that he gets the help that he needs. I, nobody's mocking his addiction. I just kind of laugh when he says they're attacking my credibility when there's pictures all over the internet of him naked smoking crack, spending hundreds of thousands of dollars on sex clubs and drugs while not being able to make his child payments. Well, I think my favorite part of that thing yesterday where he talked about the invasion of privacy and the reality is the only reason we know any of this is because he was so drugged out of his yeah. mind, he left his laptop yes. to be looked at and worked on at, a, at an Apple store. He did it to himself. It wasn't like people were looking for him. He said, here's my laptop, and I'm, I guess he was too high or drunk or whatever to remember <laughs> where he left it. You know, one of the things that I really keyed on and, and being a, a counterterrorism guy is the word choice that people use. And he used that word financially very purposely when he was talking about his father. When he said, oh, yeah. my father was not financially involved. And speaking of finances aside, but he used his position as leverage to get you all the finances. And I think that's a way he tried to wordsmith that a little bit to try to make it so he wasn't lying necessarily. Well, isn't it interesting that there are people like Mitt Romney who are like, I haven't seen any evidence to show that Joe Biden has done anything worthy of impeachment. They have checks. They have literal checks to Joe Biden from whether it's from Hunter Biden's firm or from Joe Biden's brother that they've traced the money. And yet to someone like Mitt Romney, I haven't seen any evidence yet. Well, what evidence would you like to see? It doesn't get any more evidence than a check. Yeah, I mean, an FBI, reliable FBI whistleblowers and informants saying Joe Biden accepted a $5 million bribe to fire that Ukraine prosecutor who is going after Burisma at the time. Well, I don't see any evidence. I mean, we had Joe, Joe Biden admitting it. Oh, yeah. Admitting it. On camera. It. I told him we need to get a new prosecutor. Then. Yep. If it's going to be a problem, we're going to hold payments till we get a new prosecutor. I mean, he said it. These are the same people, though, that when Donald Trump told people to go home on January 6th, he somehow incited an insurrection and yep. they voted to impeach him. So, Look, it doesn't matter what happens in the House. They're not ultimately going to, while they may vote to impeach him, they're not going to vote to convict him. But it does show, I mean, there's a poll that came out today that shows Trump's ahead in Michigan. And so I think it's done damage on Biden that people have seen, look, this is an old, feeble-minded feeble guy who is totally corrupt. And it's going to be interesting because you may see one guy campaigning for, from jail and another guy campaigning while he's impeached. This could be <laughs> unprecedented times. We are going off the rails with Rob Kendall just a day before. Before uh, Ukraine President Zelensky was in capital uh, in Washington D.C. with his hand out, asking for money. Ultimately, he mostly went home empty-handed. And Joe Biden tried to blame this all on the Republicans. They blaming the Republicans for caring about our border before Ukraine's border because what they want to do is they want to tie uh, funding for our border to funding from Ukraine. And if you were for that, you were criticized for that. Uh, you too. You. Nigel and Spanglish were total ladies' men in high school, so I know you didn't have this issue, but for our audience, uh, they may have chased after a girl in high school and were just, they couldn't even explain it, right? Like, you're chasing after this girl and you can't even explain it, and in your mind, she's just the greatest thing ever. And then you get into college and you realize, oh my gosh, there's so many other hot girls at my college. This girl, what was I doing? Why was I so enamored with her? That's where Ukraine is now with the American people. The new hot girl 
the new college hot girl, is Israel. It's the cause du jour. That's what we do in this country. We move from one cause du jour to the next, and now we look at Ukraine and go, why were we so enamored with her? She wasn't that hot to begin with. So what what happens next with Ukraine and our and our money? Because we, we can't just stop giving them money, right? We're still involved in this proxy war. Oh, don't threaten me with a good time, Spanglish. <laughs> I'm on the I'm on the side of hold the bucks. If we can't defend well, our own, if we can't defend our own border, how can we defend anybody else's? Well, the Republicans always cave, and they're talking a tough game right now about withholding the aid until they get the border security. But we know how this song and dance goes. Look, Mitch McConnell and Todd Young said last year when they approved that massive spending deal at the end of the year to chop the legs off the new Congress that Ukraine is the most important thing. That it's far more important than border security or or you know, energy independence or anything. I mean, Mitch McConnell's direct words were funding Ukraine was the most important thing to Senate Republicans. There's not any really new people in there that you would say, wow, the tide has really shifted. So they'll give in eventually, and the Democrats know this, and so we'll go through this song and dance, and ultimately you'll get no border security, and you'll get Zelensky and the, look, I'm not going to use the word money laundering operation, but I don't know what word I should use. His, <laughs> I guess, money laundering operation will be fully funded. And, and correct me if I'm wrong, the left looked at uh, at us like we were crazy when when Donald Trump said he wanted ten billion to secure the border. I don't even think it was ten. I think it was like five. And we've yeah. given a hundred billion to, to to Zelensky. Well, this is why people who are paying attention get so frustrated, because on one hand, there's no money supposedly to secure the border, to do basic things that will make our country a much more secure, safe place. But yet, when it comes to funding people, countries that are totally corrupt, that have no history of being our friend or being a reliable ally, we just throw money at them like it's like it's going out of style. And the average person who's paying attention looks at this and says, my politicians don't care about me at all. Hey, one more thing. Um, we're going to get a break here and bring you back, but I did want to ask you your thoughts on failed House Speaker Kevin McCarthy. Um, <laughs> not only announcing that he's leaving uh, his position as a congressman uh, at the end of his term, but he uh, endorsing Donald Trump and actually saying that he would, wouldn't mind a, a position in his administration if Trump were elected. And I'm like, boy, if you really wanted to drain the swamp, I'm not sure Kevin McCarthy was the guy to bring into your circle. What did you think about that? Well, it doesn't have quite the ring as failed former Surgeon General Jerome Adams. But anytime you put the word "failed" in front of somebody that was a politician, it just it just makes it a little more. Look, this guy—it's it's like an airport, right? You don't need to announce your departure; just go. But the fact is, he quit on his constituents in the middle of the yeah. session. He—he didn't even serve out his term, and it shows you who these people are. It's not about serving the public. It's not about serving the taxpayer. It's about—it's about self-service. It's like the old. Swifty gas station. It's self-service. Well, it's happened. It's happened here in Indiana, right? Of course, you've got professional office hopper Aaron Houchin, who literally quit <laughs> in the middle of session to go run for Congress. She quit on her constituents, but they get rewarded. These people. It's hard to blame them when you have no regard for other people. You have no internal check and balance. When we, the voters, keep rewarding these people, Tara Klutz just did it as the state comptroller. This happens on the national level. It happens at the local level, and we, the, we, the people just keep voting, in many cases, red no matter what, and we keep rewarding this bad behavior. I mean, some people bring up Ron DeSantis in the same vein, right? Like, uh, voted for governor, and within a year and a half, he's like, no, I'm, I'm now on a three-year campaign trail. 
but at least he didn't quit. I mean, at least, yeah. at least he didn't quit. I mean, Aaron, somebody like Erin Houchin, there's nothing more gross than what she did. She's a sitting state senator, and in the middle of session goes, yeah, this is kind of taking up my time to campaign for Congress, so uh, I'm out. She, she didn't even wait until the end of the session. But, again, if you're a, you know somebody who only cares about yourself and the people are going to reward you for that, she's now a member of Congress, so I guess good on her. Had Abdul on earlier, asked him what he thought he'd what the biggest story in Indiana over the past year has been. And he said the recent changing of uh, the election laws here in the state. Care to comment on that? Uh, he's probably right. Uh, John Russ deserves a whole lot of credit for using his own money. Now, look, he's not running a soup kitchen. He's trying to become a senator. No, so what was, it, what was the original law, just real quick? You had to have voted in two previous primaries of the party in which you are wanting to run in order to run for that party, or you could get, if they liked you, the party liked you, a county chairman to sign off and say it doesn't matter that you didn't follow the rules, you can do whatever you want. The John Russ lawsuit that was just decided, a judge in Marion County threw that out. Uh, it's currently in front of the Supreme Court. Uh, terrible Attorney General Todd Rokita appealing that lawsuit. By the way, if you want to lose a case, put Todd Rokita on it, because he is darn good oh at being unsuccessful. Um, hi, Todd. Uh, anyway, that that is. I think Abdul's right, because 80% of the public was ineligible to run for public office based on this totally corrupt law that was put in place to des- designed to to control who runs for public office. 80% of the taxpayers, the Republicans and Democrats said, we'll take your money to fund our elections because we're too incompetent to run our own conventions like the libertarians do. We'll take your money, but we want to control who can run for public office. A judge said you can't do that. That's a huge story. Now, the bigger story, we mentioned Rokita, and it probably won't be decided before the end of the year, is what happens to Rokita, because there's a very, very good chance he's going to get his law license suspended, and there's a chance he may get his law license revoked, which means he couldn't be attorney general. So that may end up being a bigger story, but I don't think that's going to get decided before the end of the year. And then one one more thing that Abdul and I talked about, and I still, and I know this has been a big topic on your show, is I, I see there's a big sign in your office that says, stop the water steal. Um, what exactly is going on with Tippecanoe County, Boone County, water, and, and this economic development? Well, this governor, high-tax Holcomb, has a fetish for elitist and mega corporations, and he judges his success, uh, legacy, as the uh, mayor of Lebanon, Mouthy Matt Gentry, called it, on uh, this project in Boone County. And it involves basically taking other people's stuff to fund his legacy project, whether it's the half billion dollars of taxpayer money being taken from poor and middle-class people that goes to the IEDC to help some of the wealthiest, most powerful corporations in the world, or whether it's now trying to extract hundreds of millions of gallons of water daily potentially from places like Tippecanoe County, you have all of these resources, both financial and things like water, that are being extracted to benefit a very select group of people. And in this case, the people of Lebanon are going to get super wealthy off of it, and they're going to benefit. But you and me and Spanglish, we're getting nothing out of this. Because the the argument is, well, we'll bring all of these businesses here, and they'll pay all these taxes. All the Republicans do is raise taxes. There's no benefit to us. There's no benefit. This money will not go to help you. It will go to grow the government. And so you basically have essentially kind of like, you know, it's it's crony capitalism at its finest where everybody else is paying either natural resources or physical treasure for a legacy project for the governor. Rob, you got um, one more off-the-rails segment in you for uh, the year 2023. I might call you next Thursday if you're still around. Oh, I, I would I would 
would love nothing more than that. And you and Spanglish are just national treasures. And thanks, <laughs> as always, to Garage Doors of Indianapolis, our great segment sponsor. It's the Hammer and Nigel Show.